As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. And what's up, Obscurians? Welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the show where we take a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if they should be remembered for all of human history or tossed into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again. My name is Steve, and with me is a guy who looks cool, but he's actually a symbiote from another planet. It's... It's uh, Yahel. How are, how are you doing? I thought you were going to say, uh, looks cool, but it's very high. Or something like that. <laughs> hey. Looks cool, calm, and collected, but he is struggling to keep it together. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought, uh, you know, once one is high, it, you, it's no longer a struggle. You just are. I mean, that's, that's pretty much like Snoop Dogg's way of living, isn't it? Yes, yes, but uh, I, I don't know. He may, he he may be genetically predisposed to deal better with, than other people with the amount that he smokes. But uh, yeah. I'm doing well, Steve. Uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, happy to be talking about uh, comics again. Uh, one that's uh, I get you know obviously a character that's uh, not very obscure. But uh, who's gonna go pick a random uh, Christmas comic from the '80s to talk about? Uh, the, yeah, we are. No one else. That's who. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'm actually uh when i saw the the writer i was very excited to uh to read oh. it because i'm a big peter oh, david me fan. too uh what are um like what of his have you actually read uh, i mean a lot of comic mm. books and uh well steve i hope you're if we, maybe we should just dive into the uh what we're actually covering then in a little bit more detail uh, so this is issue of uh, what is it, Peter <laughs> this is Parker, the, the spectacular. Wait, wait, Spider-Man. no, there's more than that. All right, this is. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Go the ahead. all new, all daring mm. Peter Parker, comma the spectacular Spider-Man number one twelve. Uh, yeah, like. So Steve, and then right under Spider-Man, it says you'd better watch mm-hmm. out. As if though, is it also part of the title of? It's this not even issue? the name of like the story. It, they just put it on there because I think it kind of sits well with the cover itself. And speaking of the cover, you know what? Why don't we just dive into the Obscuratron so everyone can see what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, All right, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do this thing. Welcome to your feature presentation. All right, so there it is. Uh, if um, you're just a listener and not a viewer, you are missing out on an awesome cover, which is, uh, I would say, probably part of the reason why we're covering this. Because, I mean, it's, oh, for sure. it's basically a parody of Terminator 1. You've got Santa Claus here smoking a cigarette, which did you know that in the post-Disney buyout of uh, Marvel, that is the comics and uh, the, you know, the MCU, uh, comic book characters are no longer allowed to smoke in the Marvel Universe. Really? I mean, 
eh, I don't really think that matters. Uh, like, but like no character no, ever. You won't see not even Fury. in the background. You won't see Wolverine. Like, uh, no one, no one smokes anymore in the Marvel universe. Uh, eh, it's fine. I mean, I don't think it's a big nope, deal. No, 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 uh, hell, you're wrong. It's just one of the ways Disney is ruining the Marvel universe. <laughs> I, I by making this it is smoke one of the free. Ways. <laughs> nope, nope. I, it's it's one of them. I don't Trust think me. anybody cares <laughs> trust me and you well, know i don't if, think anybody should care if we go deeper um, we're gonna find uh you know obvious QAnon references just like with uh the cubert episode you wait you oh, wait yes, you hell yes, <laughs> yes. i see i see <laughs> but uh anyway uh what do you think of this cover i mean how badass yeah, is it's it a, it's a cool cover it's uh it's ridiculous it's over the top mm-hmm. uh yeah it's it, it's really eye-catching and cool you know not often you see santa i love that they went th- to the extra trouble of not just Santa with a gun, mm. but he also has like these leather gloves with like the knuckles <laughs> cut out, like the cigarette, like you mentioned. So, and he's also doing like the eyebrow, uh, yeah. like the rock raises eyebrow. All the people's eyebrow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's kind of uh, curling up the left side of his lip a little bit, you know. So, uh, but it is yeah, funny cool because, uh, all right, so this uh, comic is indeed from the 80s. And yet, I mean, in the Terminator poster, I mean, obviously Arnold, who is a robot, is not smoking. But they just had to go one step further. They're like, man, parroting the Terminator, one of the like the best robots in cinematic history, it's not enough to make Santa look badass. We have to add a cigarette in there. Yeah. <laughs> just... yeah. Well, you know, it's cold in the North Pole, so <laughs> I assume that... Um... It just uh, helps keep him warm, you know, Steve. And uh, right. <laughs> he's earned it. You know, I hear those elves are, are little dickheads. So. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, jumping into the, um, the comic book here. Uh, as we said, this is the all-new, all-daring Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man uh, number 112. And uh, before we jump into the uh, comic book uh, too quickly... I'd just like to hear your thoughts, uh, Mr. Velasquez, on Spidey himself. Uh, like, do you consider yourself a Spider-Man guy? Uh, help me I'm, out I'm like a, I'm like a casual Spider-Man fan. Um, I, I mean, at one point in the 90s, I did start to collect... Um, shoot, I don't remember which was the one that Mark Bagley was uh, the artist on. Because there were like three or four Spider-Man books at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I think he was doing The Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I collected it for a little while, but, I mean, I was never, like, a, a diehard person. I do like the character. Sure. I um, mean, it's Spidey. Everyone loves Spidey. Yeah, and I like about half of the Spider-Man movies, so, uh, you know. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> the last one I thought was really good, actually. Uh, uh, I think I, with all the three spider I actually really liked it, man. I think it might be my favorite uh, Marvel movie. I mean, you like those better than the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies? I mean, you know, it's hard to say because like this movie couldn't the last Spider-Man movie couldn't exist without the Sam mm-hmm. Raimi movies. Um, but hmm, I don't know, man. Spider-Man 2 from Sam Raimi is really good. I I mean, I don't think they've ever made a better Spider-Man movie yet. I, I would need to go back and watch it, but I, I I guess one of the things I really liked about the last Spider-Man movie is that it made sitting through uh the ones with like electro the, the like Andrew all the super crappy ones. Sony ones yeah it kind of made it worth it for the jokes and stuff so like at least it gave you know those four hours of my life that i spent on andrew garfield <laughs> spider-man movies uh have some kind of meaning 
So. All right. I mean, we can uh, we can leave it at that for now. <laughs> so, Steve, you loved it. Uh, are we talking about the comic or the? Not enough cigarettes for you. Not enough. Not enough guys smoking cigarettes. Oh, I I just uh, hated it because it, it was nothing but nostalgia bait. Like the plot was yeah. ridiculous. Like it made Doctor yeah. Strange look like the dumbest guy in the MCU, and just a. Uh, the motivations is oh we have to we have to change what is it change time or something because my friends need to go to college and they know me like oh like you got to come up with something better than that like i you know i I mean yeah i mean i I get that the setup was not exactly the strongest uh I, i definitely agree with you there but to me like there was a lot of humor and heart and like i don't know it looked like the actors were having a fun time which to me always makes the movie more enjoyable to watch so for me, like that and the performances were so good that I could look past the, the week setup so that they could do all this other fun stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, obviously I'm in the minority because it was one of like the most. For once, Steve, <laughs> <laughs> you're finally a minority. You did it. Welcome. Welcome. To the <laughs> but when it comes to my uh, likes and dislikes about the MCU, uh, I usually am in the minority. Um, That's true. So That's true. whatever. It's an area that I'm used to being in. Um, but, uh, but yeah, getting back to Spider-Man and my thoughts. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's a great character. Uh, and I've collected him on and off uh, through the years. I remember I pretty much started reading when Maximum Carnage was going on and uh, thought Mm -hmm. it was awesome until I went back and reread it and it's actually pretty terrible. Um, And uh, Mm -hmm. that's what I heard. I I had the, when it first came out, I thought it was Mm -hmm. cool too, but you know, I was also like a dumb teenager. Right. I was a big fan of the Maximum Carnage Genesis game music by Green Jelly slash Jello. Did you ever play that one? I did, I did. Uh, one of the group chats I'm in with a few other like uh, YouTube uh, gaming content creators. There's an ongoing fight over Maximum Carnage and whether or not it's great or awful. It's a, that's just fun. I smiling. mean, it's a fun, it's a fun beat 'em up on the Genesis. Well, I mean, it's for the SNES too. I mean, what more could you want out of it? It is hard though. I remember it being hard, but um, yeah. Well, yeah. what? But, so um, you like it? Which uh, side do you fall on for? It's been so long since I've played it, to be honest, that I, I suspect I thought it was at least okay because I generally remember the games that I despise. So I'm sure <laughs> I didn't hate it. I also don't, I, I'm also not like, don't have like fond memories of it like I do, I don't know, Donkey Kong Country mm-hmm. or something like that. Right, you know? right. I hear you. Um, well, uh, just in case anyone doesn't know, Spider Man was created by Stan Lee and uh, Steve Ditko. And uh, who uh, who among Spider-Man's rogues gallery, or a.k.a. his villains, uh, who's your favorite Spider-Man villain? You know, I, I really think that it depends on who's writing oh, the sure, book. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, I mean, so I don't have, like, a standout favorite. However, I mean, I do generally like, I would say, a good portion of, like, the Venom stories mm-hmm. um, and Doc Ock. Uh, I've always uh, had a fondness for... Um, but I, I can tell you which one I like, I have always been like, oh, that's lame is the Sandman. I just, why do you find him so lame? I just think being made of sand is kind of, <laughs> well, lame. I mean, well, you must really <laughs> hate hydro man while you're on it. Cause he's just made of water. Uh, well, 
Yeah, that's not good either. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I always thought uh, the Sandman was kind of, I mean, being made of sand, no one could grab you for the most part, except for when they first uh, clashed, I guess, in Sandman's first appearance. I think Spider-Man pretty much defeats him by sucking him up in a vacuum. So uh, that's pretty yeah. lame. <laughs> You're right. But, um, I mean, if nobody can grab you by definite, by that definition, doesn't it mean that he also can't grab anyone? But he's able to, uh, they explain it, you know, he contracts his particles or something, his sand particles. Is that like a sexual thing? Uh, if you want to make it one, it can be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's it's weird to, like, sit back and think about who your favorite villain is. And then also tune out like the performances of the actors in the movie because like right. you know, Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin is just fantastic. Awesome. And of course, yeah. uh, his name escapes me, but the guy who played Doc Ock, I'd say the the Sam Raimi Doc Ock is way better than the Doc Ock in the in the comics just because of his look and stuff. Um, yeah, I agree. And of course, uh, the actor's name escapes now, but he kills it. Uh, oh yeah, Doc Ock. so good, so good. He was really good in the Spider-Man movie that you yeah, I mean, I the actors were good. It's the script and the plot that I hated the most. Um, but, uh... Come, Steve, I, I know the real reason why you hate the movie, and it's because that rooftop scene with the three spider guys, uh, the spider bros getting together and, you know, giving Andrew Garfield a pep talk, and they're all, like, sharing their little spider stories. I know that you're just upset it made you cry, Steve. <laughs> Uh, it, it made uh, me cry because I was like, I know, I know how you pride yourself on your tough. I was like, and, how could anyone and, buy and, this? Like, it doesn't even make any sense. They're just actors from a different movie, like all thrown into one movie, which I would say, you know, that's pretty much never been done before. So they did do something different. But ah, what? Look what you did. You got me back on it again. Let, let me ask you one question. Did you watch it in theaters or? Uh, <laughs> Man, you know I can't go to the theater anymore. Not until blade grows up i watched it at home yeah know. okay thank thank you for that by the way thank you for not uh taking your child out to the theater <laughs> you're welcome for, at least for adult you're welcome movies. but um i watched it at home too but because um, i i just don't like yeah people, uh in theaters <laughs> well yeah they ruined the theater experience of course yeah a bar or whatever's fine however i will say that I looked up just out of curiosity, like Spider-Man reactions, because you know people will go and like film in the theaters mm -hmm. or whatever. And when like I think I can't remember, I think maybe Garfield. No, no, no. It's Tobey Maguire's the first of the other Spider-Man that shows up. Like the way people flipped out and like throughout like tons of like the reveals in the movie. I mean, like people had a great time. Well, Steve. good, good for uh, them. Like, see, I just don't. I just think you don't like to have no, fun. No, it's not Steve. that. And... I love to have fun. Uh, my favorite movie is Army of Darkness. It's one of the most fun movies ever made. Uh, <laughs> no, it's more like, I mean, I guess uh, I just see Spider-Man as one character, and I don't really care about it's the actors. who. Uh, the way I look at it, I was like, Andrew Garfield had his chance to play Spider-Man, and those movies sucked, so why are we bringing him back? Like... I just, I don't understand. But everyone is all, oh, he was my favorite. And I, I just don't care to see three Spider-Men by different actors interacting. I, you know, I hate multiverse crap. Like, I hate it. It, it makes everything uh, not mean anything, basically. Uh, and it kicked off the... Are you, are you saying that you're not reading the new DC Dark Crisis? Is that new? I, I mean, there's a, I swear there's a I crisis so, yeah. event every year. Uh, but I... 
And you know why they're doing that? Just as an aside, they're basically they're resetting the DC universe again. Um, but uh, anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yes, my favorite Spider-Man villain. I don't know if I'd say he's my favorite, but um, he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of play, and that's uh, the chameleon. I think the chameleon is kind of cool. Um, yeah, he is. And, um, and then there's another guy. I mean, you said you like Venom. Of course, everyone likes Venom, but he's uh, more at this point. He's more of an anti-hero. I mean, they turned him face. Yeah, that, that, that's a, a good long point. time ago. Yeah, uh, not saying that your choice is wrong. I mean, Ven- when he was a villain. Yeah. No, no, you're 100. percent You're you're totally right. I, I mean, I you know, I mean, I still read comics mm. here and there, but I don't read it as uh, much as I used to. And back back when I was reading it regularly, like, he was you know still straight. Right, villain. right. And, uh, but yeah, you're right. He's definitely more of an anti-hero right, and, now. And Sorry to cut you off, Steve, but uh, I will say Dark Crisis. I am reading it. It was recommended to me. Okay. All right. It's yeah. good. Yeah. It's been good. I mean, is so, so they're Reese. I have no doubt it's going to be crap <laughs> by the end. Just to be clear. Well, Steve. but right now. Well, supposedly, good. you know, they're going to put everything back to normal. Like Superman's going to have his identity again, secret identity. Nah, they're going to screw it up. They're 100%. <laughs> well, hey, when, when you're done, you know, maybe we should talk about it. Um, okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, so, yeah, I guess we might as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so in case you can't realize or can't re- if you're not watching, then you probably can't see up in the left-hand corner that this is a black suit Spider-Man uh, comic. And uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on the black suit Spider-Man? Obviously, before the suit became Venom, <laughs> um, I really liked it. I thought that like he got the suit in um, Secret mm-hmm. Wars, he did. though. He did. So, but this is not the symbiote. Suit. No, it is. It is. Oh, okay. I was confused because at one point he's got the suit just like laying on like a, a chair. And he says, you used to be alive. And yeah, sorry. I don't really... Man, there's a lot of like dialogue in here that I just have no idea what they're even referencing or talking about, which is what makes uh, reading like a, uh, a comic book from like, you know, 30, 40 years ago kind of fun because uh, they do a lot of pop culture references and referencing other storylines. Yeah. You have no idea what's going on. But uh, I think <laughs> at this point in like the Black Suits uh, history... They have no idea like that it's gonna become Venom. It's just a suit that he wears that he got in, during Secret Wars. I mean, that'd be my guess. And then later, someone comes up with the idea to uh, to you know make it make it be an alien or something like that. I mean, that'd be my guess because for a while it, it was oh, just okay. a suit, like more or less. Um, okay, yeah, because I don't remember. But but to your original question, yeah, I always really liked. Uh, the suit. I, I think Spider-Man. Um, you know, he's had like a few redesigns over the years. Some like more uh, drastic than others. And but I think for the most part, like most of his suits have looked good. Like I can't really remember one that I was like, "Oh, that's totally hideous." Whereas Superman, he's had a million bad suits. <laughs> What's wrong? You don't like uh, the blue Superman? Who were blue and red? <laughs> I mean, I actually thought that was kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, I knew. Of course you did. You're the one person that liked it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say I liked it. I was just like, oh, well, that's different. Instead of just giving him a mullet after bringing him back from the dead. Um, but yeah. uh, Oh, we have Smoke Monster here in the chat. Sorry to cut you off, but you said, mentioned that that's a great cover. Smoke Monster, just uh, when you get a chance to let us know, uh, what do you think about Maximum Carnage on the Genesis? Good game or bad game? <laughs> but uh, 
But uh, anyway, Steve, uh, let you get back to your to, to your diatribe about your. Yeah. No, no, I, we're talking about the black suit, and of course, uh, I love oh, it yeah, as yeah. well. It was uh, apparently Spidey wore it for four years, and until they made it into villain or villain Venom. And um, <clears throat> I, in case you don't know who created that suit, I know you know, uh, but the black costume originated in 1982 from an idea submitted by a 22-year-old fan, Randy Savage. No, no, it's Randy Schuler. <laughs> <laughs> After Marvel ran a competition for aspiring writers and artists to elicit new ideas for the Marvel Universe. And... Uh, yeah. And they paid him, Yeah, right? yeah, I was about to say. Like, they bought head it, Head right? editor-in-chief Jim Shooter um, bought it for 220 bucks. Uh, so. Which, I mean, you know, if you think about it, like, that's not terrible money, right? Because this is, like, in the Right, 80s, no one knew that, like, you know, so. it was going to be this iconic thing and become Venom. So, it, it is what yeah. it is. I wonder if this guy would have some kind of standing to, like, Sue for more royalties oh, or something. I'm but... sure they made him sign a ironclad contract because, I mean, maybe you know this or maybe you don't, but the comic industry has been dicking over creators basically since its inception. <gasps> I am shocked to hear a corporation <laughs> is doing something not right by their employees, especially creative. I am. Uh, I have a hard time believing this, Stephen. Uh, by the way, Smoke Monster said that it's uh, 32X. Uh, I think he meant it's on the 32X. So it's automatically better than everything. M maximum Carnage on the 32X? Uh, I think there is a 32X well, version. There, or maybe, is that the one that they retitled? No, the like they, the one the, that's same game, but a yeah, the one name? that's on 32X is the just original regular Spider-Man game. It's not Maximum Carnage, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google because I I had but, that uh, that original Genesis Spider-Man game, the one that's also on the Master System. Um, and, uh, yeah, they retitled it and put it on the, uh, no, wait, they put it on the Sega CD and the one on 32X is a completely different game. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's what it is. Yeah. The Sega CD one is, uh, yeah. The one on the 32X is called web of fire. Uh, the amazing <laughs> web of fire. And he, uh, yeah. Smoke monster said, Oh wait, I'm thinking of the web of fire. It just makes me want to do that. I don't know. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, so so should we get into uh, some of the? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you were talking about how they paid this guy. Yeah, no, bucks. no, we. So, I mean, that's pretty much like wrapped. Eight hundred bucks yeah, or something. We wrapped that. Uh, yeah, more one. or less. And uh, I think we pretty much wrapped that up. And we were just talking about how uh, creators have been getting screwed since the creation of the uh, of the industry. Oh, one thing I wanted to add. Um, uh, just yesterday, I was on um, the Cinema Store uh, podcast, and I was uh, hanging out with them in their. Um, I love how confidently you remembered their name. Oh, I, it took me a minute to think of it. Uh, but I was hanging out with them in their pre-show. It's my first time meeting these guys. And I was like, so what are you guys, a couple of Marvel cucks or what? <laughs> and it turns out they were. <laughs> but, uh, wow. but yeah, but we had a good chat and they were good sports. So um, I'll definitely be uh, linking that episode in the show notes. You should check it out. Uh, but uh, anyway. Back to the all-new, all-daring Peter Parker. It's Spectacular Spider-Man number 112. Uh, it um, was published in March of 1986, and the cover price is a whopping 75 cents. And that leads me to this question for you, Mr. Velasquez. Do you remember how much a Marvel comic was when you first started buying, like when you used your own money to purchase a comic? 
I do. There were two different price points. I remember some were a mm. dollar and some were a dollar twenty-five. Same here. Wow, you nailed it. Good job. Um, yeah. And then when the image ones came out, they were a dollar ninety-five because they had all the glossy. Oh, pages we talked about how uh, image was, uh, you know, breaking the bank back then with their high prices, but totally yeah. worth it, especially for Brigade number number three. <laughs> 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 sorry, Rob. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to insult one of your great creations. Sorry. Uh, hey, hey, dude. Rob has given us <laughs> years of entertainment. The so best. I will not let you talk. You know, I bought a uh, pair of Levi's <laughs> button-up, button-fly jeans because of, or, or I made my parents buy me a pair because uh, of Mr. Oh, I thought, Liefeld, I thought you so. just bought them yesterday. You were just reminiscing about one Rob Liefeld, and you know, we're like, you like. I need to get some Levi's button-up jeans. Uh. You, you know, like those jeans, it was so funny, though, because uh, I, I legit did have a pair. And when you had to go to the bathroom or whatever and take them off real quick, it was great because you could just, like, rip it, like, like and the buttons would just go pop, 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 pop. But then when you were done peeing and you needed to button them back up, then it was really annoying because you had to, like, button each yeah. one slowly and And then carefully. suddenly a, a voice comes from the little hole in the stall next to you, and they're like... <laughs> <laughs> and you know you don't want to if you're uncircumcised button up your foreskin and it's Rob and he's you know, like hey how do you like the jeans <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah anyways um what were we talking about uh, before it, we went on this oh the, the price of the yeah. comics yeah I mean uh yeah like we were saying totally worth it for Brigade and all the other Rob Liefeld and image creations uh for their almost yeah. double double the price of a Marvel or DC comic uh, so some of the people um, behind this book include one Peter David, who you held mentioned at the top of the show. He is a so uh, sorry, I was go going to say he's uh, still working today. Uh, he's most uh, probably uh, I mean he's worked on tons of stuff, but he's remembered for creating Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Everyone loves Spider Man twenty ninety nine, and. Um, he had a pretty legendary run on The Incredible Hulk and Captain Marvel and uh, X-Factor. And did you have something you wanted to add about one Peter David? Yes, he wrote one of my favorite Star Trek books uh... of all time, uh, Q Squared. Uh, but he wrote a bunch uh, of, like, he wrote, he's written something like 40, uh, yeah, 48 Star Trek mm. novels and 41 Star Trek comic books. Nice. Uh, All right, shall I run yes, it? I'm very excited to see his name. Run it, there's nobody else. <laughs> ah, oh no! We've just entered another Star Trek connection! Ah! Yeah, I think that might be our first uh, comic book Star Trek crossover. Uh, am I right? I mean, as far as I know, I sometimes I don't really like check when it's a comic book because I'm like, eh, what's the right, chance? Right, right. But, uh, no, no, I, you know, I, when I, once I saw his name, I was like, oh, Peter yeah, I've actually read some of his uh, original books. It's like a fantasy series called A Propos of Nothing, where he makes fun of the fantasy genre pretty hardcore, but it's also its own sort of a story. It's it's actually pretty good uh, if you if anyone wants to check something like that out. Uh, but uh the penciler behind this and the uh, the cover, mind you, which I would say is probably the <laughs> uh, the best thing about this book, is one um, yeah. Mark Beecham. 
And he's basically worked for everyone. Uh, and I forgot to mention Peter David has basically worked for everyone as well. But um, he's worked mm-hmm. for Marvel, DC, <laughs> Penthouse Comics with an X, mm. and has drawn Spectacular Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and Moon Knight. Um, and uh, so uh, what's your favorite Mark Beecham book? Uh, just Santa one. <laughs> I don't know. I actually liked his art, though. No, uh, he, he was good. Yeah, no uh, no joke yeah. about it. It's just that, you know, it's just a name. No, I've I'm never not heard of him. Yeah, no, it. I've never heard of him either. And I actually really liked the coloring in this book. Oh, it's good. Yeah, and, it's uh, very nostalgic, I'd say. Yeah, it, it's like really well done. And uh, I don't know, man, like it's always like cool looking back at some of these older comics and the way they handled their colors. Because mm-hmm. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, cause I think you would know better than I do. But still in the 80s here, they're still kind of limited, right, to how many colors like they can do on a page or something like that or do per book or something. Absolutely right. Yeah. Four four colors. That's what they got. <laughs> yeah. So you got to find different ways to like make the things you want to stand out, stand out while not making it obvious and there's a panel in particular later where there's like an escalator and mm-hmm. the way that like they colored the escalator escalator and the people there and um, the way they they colored the other stuff that they want you to pay attention to it just works so well without it looking like something is off or like they were having to cut corners or you know or have some kind of workaround so anyway just wanted to mention that I really really like the coloring yeah part. well said uh, well let's uh, go ahead and uh, jump into Spec Spidey 112. <laughs> I gotta abbreviate it. It's so long. Uh, <laughs> so, so basically, we got a uh, splash page here of a <laughs> uh, almost mullet-headed. Uh, I guess he's supposed to be a teen. He's like pushing his way through um, a crowd here outside of a mall, and um, like there's like a lady he's pushing by, and she's going, "Hey, come back with that! Stop!" And uh, that's actually a uh, Bambi. <laughs> that's her actual name. Uh, and yep. she's going to play into the story uh, later. And so we're going to turn the page. And now we're, um, I, I guess, I guess we're outside of the mall. Or, no, it's got to be inside because he's trying to make his way out. And, yeah, he continues to push his way forward. And um, I guess we get a uh, reference here to Federal Express. And he, he's like, oh, this, <laughs> this pa- package absolutely positively has to be there. And yeah, um, that used to kind of be their old slogan. I yeah. think it was like when it absolutely positively has to be. Right, right, man. I've As ba- opposed, you know, to those letters and packages you send, and yeah, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. Yeah, that's You're just what sending it for fun. Yeah, that's what I told the shippers for uh, Escape to Earth number one. I was like, eh, you know, if you can just get it to the guys who backed my crowdfunder, it's okay. Whatever. If it, if it gets yeah, lost, whatever. who cares? Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he continues to push his way through. For some reason, there's a lot of, <laughs> almost all the women in here look like models for so, in this, and by here, I mean this comic. They're all drawn Yeah, like, the women are drawn, um, look, there wasn't, there was a lot of attention paid to the uh, way the women were drawn. Let's just put it that way, as we'll see. Yeah, old uh, Mark Beecham, he likes the ladies and the female form, if you will, which there's nothing wrong with that. So anyway, um, the dude pushes his way through. Um, He finds like a side hallway to try to make his exit. And, oh, there was uh, one uh, bit of dialogue here that really like, I don't know, it felt like, I don't know, Joss Whedon uh, piece or something where... Right, he sees the um, the entrance to the side mall or the side hallway or something, and he goes, "Ah," he said craftily, "a secret passage." It's like, 
just weird yeah. reference self-referential like I, I don't even know what to call it but and i mean peter david does i would say do that uh in his work but here it just uh doesn't really work that well <laughs> but uh <laughs> anyway um i don't know do you have any thoughts on that bit of dialogue uh yeah i thought it was like really weird mm-hmm. too to the point where like i was like am i reading this <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I... <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, it's also a comic book from the mid-'80s. Sure, so. sure, sure. Yeah, it's, it, it was, uh, I, don't know, I don't know, man. I feel like comics in the 70s and 80s, um, I haven't read a lot of stuff from, like, before mm-hmm. the 70s. They can be really hard to read because of the, like, even if the story itself is good, like the plot or whatever, some of the dialogue sometimes, it's so, like, cheesy. Oh, yeah. and uh, But, you know, there were... A lot more kids reading it than they are now, percentage-wise. Yeah, also very dialogue-heavy. Like, I tried reading, like, a what-if yes. number one. It's, like, uh, features the Fantastic Four. I can't remember what's different, but, uh, man, I think it might even be a Stan Lee comic, and there was just so much. It's so dense. I feel like I'm reading a novel. Uh, yeah, it's not at all like uh, I can't remember what whatever image book we read that it was like read like in like eight minutes it was like very little dialogue right. was it Shadowhawk? Um, I I feel like Shadow. No, no, I don't think it was no. that one. <laughs> I, I, but I just remember that there was one that we like, we were like, God, there's like no dialogue here, and then we read Wetworks. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah, it was like during Image Month, and Wetworks was like, oh my God, could they they could not have written like the the penciler must have like gotten like rheumatoid arthritis uh, <laughs> from this issue. But uh, all right, so our uh, teen here, our troubled teen, as he enters the side hallway and runs right into a spider web. Um, one. You think he's a teen? I don't. That's what I just kept referring to him as. It's really hard to tell. Um, he. I feel like he gets treated like a teen uh, what would you say early 20s maybe i mean yeah i was thinking it was at least a guy in his 20s spider-man does call him yeah. kid but i think he's just you know playing the you know saying it as right, an insult, right. you know right and it's funny he runs into it and he goes yuck <laughs> which uh, i don't <laughs> know it's cheesy but whatever and then of course uh, spider-man in his black suit is uh, hanging on the ceiling above and he goes oh yuck is that any way to talk about custom-made webbing? And the dude basically, he's like, oh, you know, Spidey, can you give me a break, man? It's the day before Christmas. Like, uh, can you let me go? And he's, like, spinning lies about his uh, mom uh, being in the hospital and stuff. Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I was getting choked up about the kid's uh, mom. Uh, oh, I thought maybe you were thinking of the scene of the three stars. <laughs> oh, God. You want this to be the longest episode ever, don't you? Uh, no. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Spidey's like, no, I let um, a guy go once, you know, referring to the guy who shot uh, Uncle Ben, and he's been paying for it ever since, which I thought was a... Yeah, I really mm-hmm. like that. Great, great yeah, line. Yeah, Peter David's genius shining through. And uh, Spidey notices uh, a cop coming with uh, the aforementioned Bambi from page one. And then we uh, turn the page, and uh, basically Spidey just hightails it out of there to let uh, the the cop handle it. And um, the kid, or whatever, 20-year-old, he basically spins his same lies for uh, Bambi. (laughs) He says uh, that his mom has something wrong with her clavicle in here in, like, panel number three. 
uh, Bambi is like, her clavicle? Oh, the poor thing. It's like, she must be so stupid. <laughs> but, uh, <Right. laughs> and, uh, and then the Bambi, she goes, oh, officer, let's just drop the whole thing. And then uh, the policeman, God, who uh, he's in the foreground here, is close up. He looks like the thing almost, just like this beaten down cop from like the 40s or yeah. something. And he says, a la Winnie the Pooh, Oh bother, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, basically he. Uh, no, 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 no. He's not saying oh bother. He's saying oh, oh brother. Oh, I see. Gosh, man, do I need like Hulk Hogan? I, oh brother, <laughs> that's there much better. Now, now, now that's a ticket, Stephen. <laughs> oh brother, and um, and yeah, the uh, the kid sort of gropes uh, Bambi's wrist, and then he uh, speeds off, and she realizes that the kid stole her watch, and um. And then in the last panel here, Peter Parker is in the lobby of um, the Daily Bugle. And um, he notices that their tree, which I guess last year had plenty of presents for, um, what do they call it? They call it the underprivileged, toys for underprivileged, which might, it should just be toys for tots, but I guess they didn't have the rights or whatever. Um yeah, yeah they, he's like, oh, there's not enough uh, under the tree this year. And um, and then he, let's see, um, he runs in, turn the page, and he's running into this um, other uh, reporter who I am not familiar with this uh, character at all. Uh, are you familiar with this Joy lady who looks suspiciously like Jim from Jim and the Holograms? Oh, she does. Uh, no, I was not familiar with her at all. Um, at first, I thought maybe she was going to be... Um, God, what's the... Uh, I know who you're talking about. The Betty, Betty Brandt. Betty Brandt, love... maybe. No? no? Okay, not Betty uh, Brandt? Uh, uh, oh, my Black God. Cat? Uh, Felicia the Hardy? major love interest for Peter Parker? Felicia Hardy? Um, oh, dies. Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. Gwen yeah. Stacy, thank you. And I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, Peter Parker, he's a player, I guess, and he's had a, many, many a supermodel-looking women yeah. over his uh, his time. And, yeah. and Steve, uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, just in the chat here, Smoke Monster was, uh, we're talking about Shadowhawk, mm -hmm. and he was saying, I was like, some of it holds up, some of it doesn't. He was saying that, uh, asking, I assume there's some questionably PC stuff uh, in it when I reflect on the plot, uh, and... I don't think so. There was nothing about Shadowhawk. It was just a little weird that, like, to have, like, a white guy writing some of this dialogue mm -hmm. uh, that where he was trying to, like, sound urban right. or it, make his character I think sound it less, or something. So yeah, it less thing. has to do with his race because, like, I think he was, like, Sicilian or something. Um, but more just the fact that he was a little bit older and probably a little bit out of touch with how, you know, people... Right, so it also doesn't right, sound... With how, uh, <laughs> Like the exactly. So how anybody. Yeah, talks. his uh, street dialogue sounded like black exploitation films from the '70s, is what we said. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's actually a great way to describe it. But uh, but no, no, nothing like where I was like, ooh, this is no, uh. no, no, definitely not. Quite the opposite. Yeah, yeah. You should uh, check out that episode if you'd like to hear more. Um, getting back to the uh, comic here, um, this uh, I almost called her Jim. But this joy lady, she plants a big old kiss on Peter Parker because he happens to be standing behind the mistletoe. And um, right basically after that happens, 
Peter runs away because he can't, uh, he doesn't know how to deal with a uh, strong, sexually active uh, woman in 1982, I guess, or 84, whatever this is. Uh, so he goes to, I guess, like the lady who hands out all the assignments at the Daily Bugle and asks for some work. And basically she's like, you're here when I don't need you and you're not when I do. Why not get a beeper? Oh, brother. <laughs> Why not get a beeper so I can reach out to you, huh? And uh, then this was a really weird panel. So Peter imagines yeah. himself with a uh, with a beeper, and he's in the suit fighting Doc Ock. And uh, he says, sorry, Doc Ock, gotta go. That's my beeper. And Doc Ock is, I know what it is. We doctors have beepers, too. And then there, the next frame next to that. Which, is, which I mean, admittedly, that is kind of funny. It is. It the, is. For those that don't know, in the 80s, <laughs> uh, in the mid to early 80s, usually if somebody had a beeper, it's because they were like a doctor. Right. Uh, you know, generally, like, it wasn't a thing where like just everybody had a beeper. They were expensive mm -hmm. and you had to pay monthly, yada, yada, yada. Eventually, like, by the time the 90s hit, like, everybody, including kids, had beepers. <laughs> right. But, uh, Especially the drug dealing ones. Um, right. So at this point, so it's pretty funny how he's like, I know, you know I, I know what it is. I've, I have a doctor. I'm a doctor. I have a beeper, too, when he's not exactly working at your local hospital. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and then there's a big X on the it's like the exact same panel, but there's an X on it because I guess he decided it was a bad idea. Like this it's this is weird. It feels like a family guy cutaway. Did Peter Parker create the family guy cutaway? <laughs> Not Peter Parker, Peter and, David. And, yeah. And it was so weird because like usually like I I didn't think he was imagining it at first. I thought he was like remembering something that really happened. Yeah, me it's too. It's clear that he's imagining it at right. first. And then you're like and then he's got like a headache and a stomach ache. It's just very strange. <laughs> He's yeah. holding his head and his stomach. It reminded me of like Steve, you know, when you're like wrestling a match and you kind of like aren't, re aren't, you don't exactly remember what you're supposed to sell or what you were selling. So you just start like holding your stomach and <laughs> just everything hurts. Everything hurts. Way to go there, Peter. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is a very early Peter David comic. So he's probably still working out all the, uh, the bugs here. But uh, yeah. Turning to the uh, next uh, page, we see um, Peter. Um, he is calling, uh, basically he's feeling like dejected at this point. Although it's like, I don't know why you would feel down about not being able to get work. Cause I mean, he should probably be used to it at this point in his career, yeah. but it's supposed to add to uh, him feeling down on Christmas basically. So Peter yeah. says to himself, great, reporters don't need me, city editors don't need me, Aunt May, she always needs me, I'll give her a buzz. And he picks up a... She's, uh, she's old and useless. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. She's a shut-in, I'll give her a buzz. Um, so he calls her up and um, basically uh, she's in the middle of making Christmas dinner and uh, she's telling him how he's gonna hang, she's going to hang out with Mary Jane's... Um, mom basically and it's going to be just like old times and uh this pot boils over and um i guess uh peter he feels like oh well she's already got plans so he hangs up and then um uh aunt may thinks to herself oh odd peter didn't even give me a chance to invite him and mary jane over for christmas day to join anna and me that's mary jane's i guess aunt or mom and well, he probably, 
probably has his own plans, doesn't need to be stuck with two old fogies. And uh, it's like, why not just call him back? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean, and then l- l- I have another issue, similar oh, issue later that well, when we get to it. But, right. Well, this is, the thing is, is that this, what just played out here gets played out at least two or three more times with, I guess, the other people that Peter considers like friends in his life. And uh, it's right. just all very, it's a little flimsy. It's a little flimsy, uh, yeah. especially oh, uh, for Pig one Dan's Peter here. David. What's up, Pig Dan? Said, uh, uh, oh, hey, it's Comic Club. <laughs> I, I mean, we don't really call it that, but maybe we should start. Uh, so turning the, the next page, um, <laughs> basically, um, Peter tries to uh, once again find someone to spend Christmas with. So he asks uh, Robbie. Um, who I guess at this point he was the um, editor in chief at the Daily Bugle. He goes, "Say, Robbie, uh, Mr. Editor in Chief, sir, what are you doing for Christmas tomorrow?" And basically, much like Aunt May, he uh, launches into this. Uh, well, not really a diatribe, but he's just like, "Oh, my son Randy's coming home for Christmas. It'll be wonderful having the family together again. It's been so quiet with Randy off to college. Blah blah blah." And then that um, that uh, secretary lady, he she uh, interrupts Robbie, and Peter just basically takes that as his cue to um, to leave. And just as Robbie's about to turn around to invite uh, Peter to join him, we see in the background Peter has already left, and he's web slinging away in full like black costume. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> again. Uh, very similar to the last page, um, and Peter Parker's dejected. Whatever, he doesn't have anyone to hang out with. Yeah. Uh, any comments well, about this page? Basically, Peter Parker. Peter Parker just won't let anybody finish their thoughts. Right. Basically, uh, <laughs> like it's not that nobody wants to hang out with him. He just Peter Parker just won't stop leaving or ending the the situation that's you know hanging out. Could it be that Peter Parker is just such a snowflake that whenever he hears somebody talking about the good time they're going to have, he just already assumes that he's not invited. I don't know. Not not a yeah, snowflake. Yeah, but... I, I, he doesn't want to stick around to hear the rejection. Yeah, that's it. I think that's sadly, I think that's what Peter David is going for. I also think it's funny that right here uh, in, uh, you know, they're in work and uh, Robbie's just lighting up a pipe just right there. But, you know, it was the 80s. What, <laughs> what can you do? Uh, yeah. So uh, turning the page, um, we get another shot of black-suited Spider-Man. And uh, he's, man, the one problem, uh, or all right, there's a couple problems with this. But the one thing I hated probably the most about this issue is that there's a lot of people monologuing to themselves. And uh, we mm-hmm. definitely get a, a bit of that here. Um, you know, Spider-Man is web, swing, web slinging where no one else is around. And he's like, so now what, Mr. Parker? I could go home, I suppose. That is, if I can call a smoke-damaged cigar box home, I guess he's... Um, yeah, there was uh, like a fire at his apartment because later he talks about MJ helping to clean the damage or something like that. I can't remember. Right, right. So, yeah, basically he um, and then he talks about how he has to wash the uh, red and blue costume because I guess there's a lot of like smoke damage to it or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so as he's slinging, he uh, slings over a, <laughs> a, a school and he looks down and he sees kids out there uh, playing on the, 
on the uh, on the playground, and he says to himself, "I don't know why they can't just do thought bubbles for this stuff, but he says to himself, "Ah, oh, boy, if I could be down there like one of those carefree school kids, and I'm paraphrasing here, like they don't have like a care in the world." Or he says, "What problems could they ever had?" And then we're down there in the playground, and <laughs> and there's a kid getting beat up by his dad <laughs> yeah but this is so weird the, the thing Merry is, is Christmas, that Steve. okay let, let me get to the scene and yeah like so basically he's telling his teacher that uh his um his dad sure was uh, uh angry and like uh basically hurt him or whatever and then the teacher is like oh you don't understand why don't you or do you you understand why don't you alex it's so your father won't be able to hurt you anymore and <laughs> little little bobby or jimmy or um he says, uh, oh, I just uh, fell down the stairs. Oh, his name is Alex. So, sure, Alex, I'm only your teacher, but I promise you, I started this proceedings against your folks, and I'm going to see it through. And then the dad shows up, and um, Alex goes to him, and then <laughs> this sinister dad is like, I understand, sir, that you've begun some sort of illegal action against me. I suggest you stick to teaching, sir. And I'll be Alex's father, thank you. I might become nervous if you show undue interest in my son. Rumors might be started about you, and if you if you catch my drift, sir. And rumors can be so ugly. <laughs> and then the poor teacher just you know just looks completely dejected so in yeah i don't want people to think i'm a pedophile. right right god i mean you'd never get like stuff like this in a marvel comic current day like, yeah it, it is kind of like ridiculous because i mean you can't just like be like oh uh yeah no this teacher wants my son uh and people are gonna go oh okay yeah i mean i don't <laughs> even think it's um yeah yeah but all right so the real question is here is why are these panels even here because this doesn't play into the story later like i thought it might right um it's just like we're my yeah. guess is that it leads into like some other issues oh or okay okay i i was thinking they just needed to fill up a page uh i mean <laughs> well and the reason but the reason why i think it probably has something uh it's setting something up for some other issue is just because in this issue, they reference stuff that's happened previously a right. lot. And uh, I feel like they do it more so in... They did it more so in the 80s and 90s than they do now. Um, yeah, because everyone's everyone's anyways, constantly yeah. restarting stuff over and over again. There's uh, And, yeah. and it's all... Mo ah, you got me started again. <laughs> anyway. And we, and we don't have, you know, and we don't have the same attention. We, you know, we're now with... Things like TikTok, we just don't. Care. Sure, blame TikTok for all your problems. Follow us on TikTok at Reptilian yeah. Media. <laughs> We're part of the brilliantly problem. done. And if you don't follow us, remember, rumors can be so ugly. All right, turn the page, and uh, we are back inside the mall, and there is a young kid sitting on uh, Santa's uh, lap, telling him that he wants an Optimus Prime. I just. I enjoyed hearing what this kid wanted because obviously this comic is from the 80s and uh, you and I were probably existing around this time, although very, very young. And uh, he says he wants an Optimus Prime and a Raiders of the Lost Ark videotape. 
uh, so he could play it on his mom's new VCR. Oh, oh, the nostalgia feels right there. Like, I just wish he would have asked yeah. for a laser disc or maybe a Coleco Vision. Like, that would have been. <laughs> I mean, this is '85, so this is when the Super Nintendo, uh, the regular Nintendo, uh, came out. To yeah, the US, yeah. I'm so, surprised uh, that's not in here, but uh, but what if? But I, I think wasn't Marvel publishing um, Transformer comics at the time? Uh, yeah, yes, they were. So, uh, so I'm I'm assuming that that's ooh, why I like well, that. Well, well played, sir. Well played. So um, the kid's name is a uh, Jordan, and uh, this very we get a close up of the most sinister looking Santa Claus you could uh, uh, possibly imagine, and he goes, "Remind old Santa, Jordy, what's your address, so I'll be sure to get you that tape." And uh, I guess Jordan gives him his the address, and um, Bambi uh, from before comes to get Jordan. I guess she's a, a single mom. And um, <laughs> this uh, panel was funny. Uh, when Bambi shows up into frame, uh, Santa goes, uh, "That's your mother, Jordy." <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes ahead and uh, tells Santa her name, uh, Bambi, and uh, thanks for visiting Christmas, but I usually live with... So, yeah, he's a child of divorce, basically. I don't know... I mean, I guess they yeah. need to make sure there's no dad around for what happens later. Um, and uh, um, I... I... I will say that uh, I, I get uh, – well, first of all, Pig Dan wrote in the chat, <laughs> Chris Criminal. Nice. Um, with a K. But uh, anyways, uh, you know, it's funny because the Santa here is like a VCR, and Santa's like, oh, shit, I, want, I need to go to the house right. and steal that. Uh, so I looked up, Steve. I, I did a little Ooh. bit of research on how much a VCR cost mm -hmm. in 1985, and uh, it could cost up to $400. Wow. Uh, or VCR, so... And, uh, and now well, there you can you go are. to the local uh, thrift store and pick up one for a dollar or two. Uh, it, I don't know, man. It depends. Like, VCRs are, like, much like CRT TVs. You know, there's a market for them now, a niche market, and people are starting to sell them, like, more and more expensively, uh, especially if, like, you go yeah. on eBay and stuff. And I, I, I was just at a thrift store two weeks ago. I didn't see a single VCR. Oh, well... DVD players. Yeah, I yes. want to get one of those. Well, when I start collecting physical media again, once I move out of this apartment and into my massive house someday, uh, I want to get one of those uh, Blu-ray players that also has a uh, VCR deck attached to it. Have you ever seen those? No. Why don't you get one with an abacus attached to it? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> there are things on VHS that have never been brought over to DVD or Blu-ray. Thank you. I'm I'm, just, I'm yeah. just talking with you, Steven. It's you go 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 be the best. Old <laughs> go, man why don't you go watch your goddamn uh, <laughs> Spider-Man with your three Spider-Men from different Spider-Man movies? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something about Star Trek since it's in the future, but uh... <laughs> all right, moving on. Why don't you go read your Peter David novels with your technology <laughs> from the future? Your transporters. Hey, I bet Peter David collects century. VHS, uh, but. Uh, Moving on here, basically, if you can't get the gist of what's going on in the uh, the page here, uh, Jordan gave all of his information to a stranger, and he's uh, they, in the last panel here. He's actually writing it down in his address book. Uh, we get a um, close up of Sinister Santa, and he says, "Bye, Jordan, and don't you worry, I won't forget a thing." And uh, yeah, so <laughs> over to the next page. Um, we are back with um, Peter Parker. He's sitting around shirtless, wearing, for whatever reason, he's wearing his red and blue tights, and he's playing with a, a, 
but just yeah. the pant legs. And did he like start cleaning it and then decided he wanted to wear it? Like it's, shouldn't it be the black pants? It's, I don't know. Right. Or I don't know, <laughs> jeans? <laughs> yeah, boxers. Shorts, uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Jockstrap. Codpiece. Crotchless. <laughs> Assless uh, yeah, chaps. Yeah. Maybe like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're getting it, Steve. What, what was that movie that Sean Connery was in? Uh, Xanad. Oh yeah, Zardoz. the man, the man king, oh, the, the man king. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, he's playing. Yeah. Uh, I don't. know. What do you even call those things? The ping pong ball attached to the the paddle ball, whatever you want to call it. Because he's so bored. There's, you know, I'm sure there's no crimes in New York City that he could be averting. Um, instead, he's busy feeling bad for himself um, and just being bored. There's there's no crime more violent or needing or more needy of attention than the assault to his. Yeah, very man, I never ego never that. realized how emo Peter Parker was. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he bri- the ball breaks and he's all figures, and um, he's like, I mean, I guess this is basically supposed to be like. Uh, you know, if you have one of those bored days at home where you're trying to think of stuff to do and he's sitting around, he's like, let's see, I can work on some more of the after fire cleanup uh, that Mary Jane and I started. And he's like, I could do this and I can do that. And uh, he goes, oh, I'll give my old buddy Harry Osborne a call. I wonder how he and Liz are doing with the new baby. And I don't ever remember uh, Harry Osborne having a kid, um, but I don't either, but uh, Pig Dan did mention in the comics that Harry Osborn got that drip haircut, <laughs> which he indeed he does. does. And I don't know who Harry's uh, uh, wife here is, but man, is she a, a shapely woman? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the first yes. of many shapely women that we'll see in this issue. Oh, well, no, she's like the second or third. No, right, she's yeah, like the fourth. Because like... it was the girl that mm-hmm. got like robbed. Uh, there was Joy. Bambi. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bambi. And, right. And now Liz. And uh, so uh, Harry's got his kid. The kid is already crying. And um, he picks up the phone. And, you know, Peter's once again, try- sad sack Peter is trying to find someone to spend uh, Christmas with. Uh, Harry can't hear him because his child is uh, cr- wailing uncontrollably. And uh, basically, he just uh, gives up and hangs up, basically. And he's like, oh, look, uh, forget it, Harry. Uh, talk to you later. And um, and he's feeling bad. So what does he do here? Uh, oh, and then he finally... This is so weird. He calls all these other people, and then he saves MJ for last. Like, Yeah, I thought that was weird. That made no sense, right? Because mm-hmm. it's his girlfriend. So, uh, which I kept thinking, like, are they broken up? Because of stuff like this and Joy earlier. But uh, one thing I didn't think of that that Pig Dan mentioned the chat in reference Mm -hmm. to Harry Osborne, he said, hair looking like a rich potato (laughs) chip. (laughs) Man, it's true. The uh, the Osbournes have the weirdest hair in the Marvel universe. Uh, I'm surprised. Yeah. But yeah, it it makes Um, like you. What's up? I was going to say, I'm surprised Sorry, D- Disney hasn't You're changed that, what? too, because actually, I think there was an article on CBR about um, the uh, Osborne's hair being problematic, uh, that somehow it's making fun of some sort of race or something. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, that's a big joke. Yeah. 
Um, but back to what you were saying, yeah, it makes no sense that Spider-Man called all these other people, and then MJ is mm-hmm. the last and, one. Uh, um, I mean, I don't and, know why you wouldn't call her first, especially since, you know, once we uh, turn the page here, we see uh, <laughs> MJ. As Dan put it, a comic yeah, code violation. I mean, it might as well be, <laughs> and, and a safety code by, oh, wait, I get it now. I, at first, I thought that was like a, uh, you know, um, a hair curler, but clearly it's the um, the shower head, and it's wrapped around her foot. Yeah. Like, that's so weird. I think no uh, old old Beecham <laughs> here, so he's got, um, what is it called when you tie people up? An S&M fetish or something? Yeah, yeah. I was literally going to say the same thing. He's definitely into getting tied up or tying people up. And hey, that's fine, yeah, baby. Hey, what if, you know? Yeah, we're not here to, off. to judge. Uh, this, is yeah, this is obscurity now where anything flies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a weird way to let people know about it. But um, And I honestly didn't even know that. Now, when I saw this page and I saw the picture of MJ and uh, Peter together on her, I don't, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, like her nightstand. This is yeah. not right next to her her, her bath. Anyways, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess they are together. Um, so, yeah, very weird. But, yeah, Mary Jane, she's got, like, her legs, like, open. She's, like, sitting on the tub. and You make it sound, um, you know, like, her more legs are, erotic like, than it is. But it is erotic, <laughs> uh, especially for, you know, a Marvel comic uh, in the 80s. I mean, I guess they were, you know, going for yeah. the, you know, 13-plus uh, demographic here. Um yeah, and then even her face when she's like toweling off, like she's making this like almost almost like orgasmic. Oh yeah, see that that's face. the funny thing about this whole like quote unquote scene. Okay, so first off, she all right. So Peter calls and her um, answering machine picks up, and uh, for whatever reason he doesn't leave a message, which is so stupid. I guess anything to keep up this you know sad sack Peter routine. And she even says to herself, oh, I didn't want to leave a message. Uh, oh, well, easy come, easy go. I guess three hair washings <laughs> is enough. Just want to be sure to look my best tomorrow morning uh, when she goes to hang out with Peter and Aunt May and, uh, and her mom, just like old times. And then uh, in the it's like third to last frame <laughs> where she she gets up and then puts the towel around her like her like legs are in like complete view and she goes i remember pete once told me he actually put off uh, meeting me because he was sure i'd be a real dog and then we get that panel where she's looking like orgasmic uh, basically and she says silly boy <laughs> it's like so i i just wonder if uh peter david was just like okay so i'm gonna you know mention this Hey, uh, Peter thought I was a dog, but you make sure you make it look as sexy as possible. Dude, when she's like the first panel with her with, with a towel, she's like standing up like on her like tippy toes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, she's a properly groomed woman. That's why. I have know? a feeling I know why. It was so that they could kind of have her leaning forward a little bit mm-hmm. and like to draw like shapelier um, calf muscles <laughs> and like kind of have her ass like protruding a bit more i think Um, you're right i think you're right um so uh she finishes up the page basically with saying uh she hopes uh aunt anna remembers to tell may that she's coming tomorrow otherwise uh they might may might forget because you know she's so old (laughs) and she (laughs) says "Uh, i've tried to call pete but first he wasn't home and then the line's busy (laughs) 
Oh, he'll be there. What else has he got to do? Uh, so uh, moving along from this very sexy page, <laughs> we get another sexy page. Another very sexy page. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so now um, Peter's at home taking selfies of himself. This is the very first instance of a selfie uh, in, the, in 1984. Um, <laughs> and uh, his line rings and um, he picks up. And uh, then uh, it's Felicia Hardy, a.k.a. the Black Cat. And uh, I guess she feels bad because she mentions earlier that they broke up. So I guess she couldn't take talking to uh, Peter and hangs up. And in the third panel here, she's wearing like a, like a softcore porn style nightie. Uh, <laughs> that mm-hmm. once again is showing off the, um, the glutes and the legs and is a pretty low cut. And then, yeah, basically she monologues to herself about uh, how, you know, they were together, but then uh, Peter uh, broke it off. And um, she basically, through this monologue, she arrives to the idea that she should be the black cat again. So once again, we get a woman stripping down uh, and, uh, show, they, you know, they just show her legs and like the nighty going around her ankles. And now she's in full uh, black cat regalia, and she says the black cat uh, prowls again. Uh, is there anything I'm missing from this page? Uh, no, no. I, I think you described the erotic nature of it very well, Steve. <laughs> and uh, uh, in the chat, Smoke Monster said, uh, this is in reference to the Mary Jane page, I'm certainly turned on. <laughs> and, uh, I, th- I, th- I think we all are. Oh, you should see our uh, Super Mario Brothers Super Show episode. And I mean, like, oh. people were popping off left and right. In that. <laughs> it was. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, won't even be was, able to it, contain it, you know, yourself. The, the, the last few months, there's been just a lot of eroticism on this podcast. Just yeah. We've just become very sensual and erotic. <laughs> and yet yeah. the numbers never go up. Uh, well, no. ignore that last remark. Okay. Turning the page. Um, well, forget about this the black cat uh very erotically um sort of jumps through the night as she does kind of on patrol uh she sees um some thugs uh, robbing like a um basically a um, coat emporium maybe we could just i'd say it was a men's warehouse but uh clearly yeah, she said it's a, a mink coat store this store only <laughs> sells mink coats it reminds me of a business called batteries plus that's right here <laughs> right and i'm always like how are you in, how are you staying in business and they actually recently a few years ago changed to batteries plus and more or something mm-hmm. like that and now they also sell like light bulbs well you you, like, you got to diversify take it from uh-huh. Wrestling with gaming. You got to diversify. I feel like they have not diversified. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that. Anyways. Well, I mean, it's just like, sadly, I mean, that's what happened to comic book stores, right? It was all like comics at first and then comics and trading cards. And now it's all those goddamn Funko Pops. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. You uh, know who got really good Funko Pops, though? Who? Uh, really nice ones were uh, the three Spider-Men from the last Spider-Man. Oh, God. <laughs> Burn in hell, wrestling with gaming. Burn in hell. Uh, you're fired! Uh, so anyway. But but yeah, so yeah, so she gets these guys that are like robbing uh, the store. Mm-hmm. She decides to keep the coats for herself that they robbed. Which I uh, would say like an alarm. that's a black cat thing to do. She's basically yeah, a cat it's woman. Fine. It's in character. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's in character. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyways, what did you think about this shot we see though on the next page where she's like 
So she sees like these uh these women. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Can homeless. we back up real quick? I mean, we have to pay attention to the high levels of eroticism of the second to last panel, where oh, she's right. kicking the dude. Um, and uh, it's it's weird. It's not. I guess they can't show like full contact or whatever. She's kicking a dude. Like the um, the dude is in the foreground. She's facing camera. I mean, it is basically a a crotch it's shot. Like an upskirt. Shot. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. Like, and it's so well drawn. <laughs> the, the detail. Uh, yeah, honestly, like the, the the art, like, and this whole book is really mm-hmm. good. Uh, the women in particular are drawn very well. <laughs> and, yeah, and yet Peter Parker looks like the same Peter Parker from the '60s. It's hilarious. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, like it's so funny. The drawing of uh, Peter Parker during the selfie mm-hmm. when he's in the lens looks really awful. It's yeah. actually the worst drawing in the whole book. Yet this picture, which should be very difficult to draw from an anatomical point of view, it's, a, it's perfect. It's perfect. It is. But uh, absolutely, I will say. Uh, Spider-Man is off because he's so limber and flexible. That's something that like is always like pointed out with him mm-hmm. when he's like doing fights. He's also been in similar kinds of like shots. Oh sure, oh absolutely. Uh, so, but however, just not in this book. It's all <laughs> like all the yes. the best poses and detail are given to the ladies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anyway, hey, no, no problem. Yeah, man, here, no but, complaints. Uh, all right, uh, next page. Uh, you were. Okay, so I'll uh, I'll lead us up to it, and then you can take it. Uh, so basically, uh, Felicia um, she dispatches of these uh, ne'er do wells, and then she notices some uh, bag ladies, uh, which I don't think we're their words. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're allowed to use that term anymore. Um, and you gotta love this, uh, you know, sort of classic. I think people complain about this uh, this shot on like movie posters now, where. It's a sort of like the the Black Widow shot where her back is to camera. It's like a, so you can basically see her ass. In uh, anyway, right. um, so she decides to give the coats to uh, the bag ladies and uh, take it away. Yeah, I, I mean you pretty much like already covered it, but even like in the panel before that, like the way she's like holding the coats mm-hmm. and like kind of turning around like hugging herself mm-hmm. and like he you know again her ass is very detailed <laughs> once again in that shot and one thing i noticed steve that i don't think you i assumed black cat wore boots doesn't she wear boots uh i thought that she would um but yeah here because okay you can see like her toes mm-hmm. uh and like the arch of her foot and everything it looks like she's wearing socks the way he drew one of her feet okay you want to you want to hear my theory on what's going on like i would love to these uh poses are you know probably from you know a girly magazine or um possibly a lingerie so you know whenever he wants to draw a woman he's you know thumbs through it and goes ah that's what i'm gonna do and then just you know he just sketches it well I don't think the kicking one was in the laundry magazine. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> maybe a no, maybe but... a martial arts magazine. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was so my. I mean, that's a good theory, and it wouldn't surprise me if you're right. My theory was just that he has a foot fetish. <laughs> well, uh, oh, well, this is the only time we've seen feet, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, we Mary Jane when she was in the tub. Oh, yeah. Well said. I mean, I just think he's got a, a woman fetish, which. It's yeah, just in okay. general. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, if she's wearing boots, we shouldn't see the outline of her like toes, right? And, like, right. The arch of her, the ball of. Eh, who cares? I mean, anyway, so yeah. So I mean, I respect that theory. I just think that this particular pose is 
one that he took from a magazine and like the feet were there he just went ahead and drew them and the colorist came in and colored over the feet basically yeah you could be right or it could be even the inker right maybe, yeah yeah like, there you terms. go maybe the ink oh yeah the inker is the one with the foot <laughs> let's go with that uh, All right, so yeah, she decides basically like, hey, I'm. She feels bad because they're cold. They're trying to stay warm by like a trash can fire. Mm -hmm. So she decides that I'm gonna give them these mint coats mm -hmm. um, that I retrieved from the, the bad guys. Stolen property. Right. Mm -hmm. So from there, she's kind of like uh, decides that she's gonna be kind of like Robin Hood, uh, you know, steal from the rich, give to the poor, because she's like, you know, I couldn't. Not being a just being a do gooder like wasn't working out for me, but I don't want to go back to crime, so this is like a good compromise, right. which uh, makes sense for her character. Yep, so yeah, they make her a, a rogue more or less or anti hero, yeah, which uh, I mean, I would say that that's definitely uh, the black cat. Um, so yeah, she the uh, the last panel here of the bag ladies wearing the jackets and her swinging away is pretty funny. Um, so uh, turning the page, um. <laughs> We get another, uh, I guess, uh, the last um, of the the black cat scene is just her, you know, at least now she's not monologuing to herself. She's just thinking about, um, yeah. It's a thought bubble this time. Yeah, basically everything you just said, yeah, she decides to be a, a Robin Hood type character. And now we are back with Sad Sack, emo boy, uh, Peter Park, in incel Peter Parker. <laughs> Uh, at least for this he, issue. He is supremely unlikable. Right, right. Issue, I will say. He's looking in his fridge, and all he has is two cans of, uh, do they say that it's Coke? Yeah, yeah, it's Coke. Yeah, they say it's Coke. Because he says he's got the classic Coke and not any of that new stuff, um, which yeah, is. Yeah, for those that don't know, there was a thing called New Coke that Coke put out in the 80s. Uh, and if I remember it right, I was very young, it was just like way sweeter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everyone hated and it, and that's when they started calling it Coke. They got rid of New Coke and just called it Coke Classic uh, from there on yeah. out. And that's why I think uh, this this was the perfect comic for us to cover, just for weird little tidbits like that. Um, yeah. And, of course, the eroticism. But uh, moving on. Um, so, uh, Peter, I guess the idea is that we're supposed to think that he finally has uh, someone to hang out with. Maybe Mary Jane showed up. He has uh, two uh, cups in his hands, and he's coming by, and he's like, uh, keep, he keeps saying, oh, you can't count on anyone except yourself, and you might as well watch out for number one, because there sure ain't anybody else watching out for you. Uh, there's no miracles on Christmas, nothing special. It's just another night, but at least <laughs> you're here, the only one who never abandons me, even when I'd rather never see you again wait what okay he talks like he's like been drinking scotch right well of course yeah they i mean you're allowed to have you know erotic women but i guess he can't consume alcohol uh as a superhero marvel superhero in the 80s and then in the last mm -hmm. panel you see that basically he poured the black suit a drink and it's uh, laid out on a uh, like sort of a lazy boy recliner as if it's a regular person and uh, then Peter takes a drink and he says, I don't mind being lonely because with you, I'm never alone. And uh, here's the uh, weird line that you held mentioned earlier. He says, you know, you were alive once, but then so was I. <laughs> That's so, so melodramatic, my God. And he says, drink it up. Yeah. It'll get warm. And that's the last panel. Any any thought? Any more thoughts on 
everything that just happened there. No, no. Uh, it's it's so fucking weird. I know. Gosh. Like, so Peter's like going crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been there where you don't have a lot in your fridge. If you only have two cans of Coke, you know you only have two cans. You're not going to be surprised when you open the fridge. <laughs> right. right. And you have to at least have a thing of baking soda in there. That just makes it all that funnier. But maybe they didn't start that yeah. gag back in the 80s. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so wow. I mean, Peter David really wants us to know that uh, Peter is really uh, struggling with being alone or possibly being alone on Christmas. So uh, we turn the page here and uh, now we get another sort of weird little subplot that um, never really, um, at least in this issue, doesn't lead to anything. And yeah. I'll just go over it real quick here. Um, it's uh, Robbie. He's um, calling his... Um, son at the airport or rather the son called him and uh he and his son's name is randy and he was like uh hey i'd hope you'd manage to get through son i know your flight snowed in at pittsburgh blah 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 and um basically uh we he messes up randy does and says, it says we and um his dad is like uh, oh uh, you, you didn't mention you're bringing someone uh, and, he, and he says, well, maybe I'll bring my friend over. I'll let you know. Uh, take care, Dad. And then that's when we're uh, revealed. Ooh, and what a reveal that uh, Randy, who is uh, <laughs> Robbie's uh, African-American son. Robbie is African-American. And he's married to a white woman. Ooh. <laughs> Marvel pushing the woke <laughs> agenda in 1984. Oh, my God. Uh, and it, I, I, man, it really is kind of interesting how even in 1985 uh you know randy here says um to to his wife my folks are cool because she wants him to like you know let him know hey that you're married mm-hmm. and like that it's a white right. girl, whatever and uh he says my folks are cool particularly dad he'll have no problem accepting it soon as i get the nerve to tell yeah him. it was so weird like if if what? your dad's cool with it like what's your problem randy mate are you the racist <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like randy can't believe he married a white yeah, woman <laughs> he's, he's just uh he's afraid he's gonna wake up from the dream uh <laughs> but uh yeah I, I i don't know it's it's weird uh maybe he's lying to her about him being cool right right and of course Randy's wife is uh wait is that her there in the no wait that's again this no um, no no but there are like two other like supermodels you know, sexily drawn yeah women. yeah yeah <laughs> she's wearing fishnets and it's funny Steve yeah. because like one of the first things that the that is said in this comic by the initial like thief is what's going on is there a supermodel convention in right town? I can only imagine and uh because like I don't know if people are familiar with how. You know, comic books are made, but especially at Marvel, they would, uh, you know, come up with the plot first and then give it to the, uh, you know, the artist. And then they would get the book back and then they would fill in the dialogue. So I could only imagine that, you know, Peter David got the, um, you know, the the drawings or the inks back. And he was like, oh, man, look at all these hot chicks. Let me uh, put in, a, <laughs> you know, a funny little reference to it or whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah moving on uh, to the next page. We are now in, um, uh, it's weird. For, God, I can't, I can't believe they did this. All right. So Peter is uh, sleeping alone. Hold on. Let's wait for the helicopter. It's a uh, airwolf this time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. So now 
we get kind of like a funny little uh, poem in the caption boxes. Um, Peter Parker is sleeping, uh, not alone, and not with any of the supermodels in the book. He's sleeping with a teddy bear that uh, supposedly MJ gave him as a joke. And uh, yeah, in the captions, it sort of plays out as a kind of night before Christmas kind of little poem. Uh, and um, uh, Bambi has Peter. Did Peter bother to call MJ back? <laughs> no, of course not. Today, no. no. Uh, has she called him right. about Christmas plans? <laughs> and it's like the day before Christmas. I think it's like a day or two before Christmas, mm-hmm. and they they still don't have their plans ironed out. Right. Okay. Just, yep. Very normal. Very yeah. Normal. So the captions say that Peter's sleeping, and then I guess there's um, there are other supermodel uh, tenants in Peter's building because they mention Randy mm-hmm. and Candy. So we got Randy, Candy, and Bambi. It's like, God. Not to be confused with uh, Robbie's son, Randy. <laughs> it's like Peter, David, man. What were you? What, how much coke were you on back then? But uh, <laughs> anyway. I mean, because he just wanted it to rhyme, Randy, Candy. Bambi. <laughs> it's just so cheesy, but. As you were saying, oh, I those agree. Uh, classic comics can be cheesy. And it's funny, he says, uh, uh, all right, so I'm just going to go ahead and read these captions. So our hero lay sleeping with Teddy in arm, a gag gift from MJ to keep him from harm. And next door to Peter, t'was equally still, through a window now open, had let in a chill. Dear Randy and Candy both snoozed in their beds with visions of Tom Selleck danced through his, their heads. Like, uh, I just thought that was pretty hilarious. We get a Magnum PI reference. And uh, so we see uh, Bambi um, next door uh, sprawled out on the bed in a, you know, lingerie style pose, (laughs) maybe even a little uh, more um, risque than lingerie. She's got her leg warmers on. Like we can just, is she just wearing like workout aerobic attire? Uh, Just. Yeah. Maybe she just didn't shower after the gym. (laughs) That's disgusting. Uh, anyway, she um, thinks she hears uh, young Alex like going out early to check out the um, the gifts, and in the final uh, panel here, she looks out and oh my goodness, it's the sinister Santa from the uh, from the beginning of the book. He's pointing a gun right uh, at her and so he's like, "Surprise! Ho ho ho!" And she, and I don't know what your action would be, you hell, but Bambi just goes, "I must be dreaming." <laughs> Because uh, who <laughs> dreams about being held up and robbed from uh, Santa Claus? Um, well, as we saw earlier, she's not the brightest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess she's your sort of uh, archetypal dumb blonde. I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but obviously that's what Peter David is going for. That's what they wrote her as. Yeah. So um, Santa goes, just stay against the wall and you won't get hurt. And she still keeps going on. A a dream. That's it. I'm dreaming. Come on, Bambi. Wake up. Wake up. And uh, this uh, rouses Peter Parker's spider sense, uh, which wakes him up immediately. And um, uh, Bambi goes, what do you want? And then uh, Santa Claus says, to spend Christmas cheer, no, to spread Christmas cheer. Now just, and then Peter, Peter in full Spider-Man regalia, bursts through the wall, Kool-Aid man style. And uh, he goes, I think it's a window oh, because uh, there's a bunch oh, of glass. Oh, I see, blocks. I see. It's still, still, it's pretty funny. I wish it would have been the wall. Yeah, Kool-Aid that would have been but, funnier. But he probably doesn't want to screw up his, dude, he just had his, his apartment burned down. He doesn't want to. Make a giant right. I mean, wall. if they have an attaching window, uh, 
in an apartment? Well, I think the idea is he went outside. I see it. And All then, right. like... They, have, they were clear to lay it out here um, in Peter's room, and then I see the window there. Okay. All right. But, Steve, why wouldn't he just go to her front door? Because <laughs> this is way more dramatic. That And this is emo. <laughs> and he is a drama queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... So he says... Uh, Boy, I, I hope we get to see some more, like, women not wearing a lot of clothes. Yeah. <laughs> A while. I think you're about to get your wish. So uh, Spider-Man says, there you are. I finally found you. You promised me a bike 15 years ago, and you welched, you creep. You heard me. Where's my Schwinn? You know, I guess sort of classic uh, Spider-Man quips, if you will. And <laughs> and uh, so uh, he goes, and while you're at it, tell me telling me about my bike, mind explaining how you got in here. And I don't know why they felt a need to explain this, but uh, young Alex shows up and Santa is like, oh, Alex let me in. Um, he's uh, one of Santa's misguided helpers, which oh, is so clunky. Which I, yeah. And, um, and then out of nowhere, the uh, aforementioned, uh, what was it, Candy and Randy, they show up uh, wearing like Daisy Dukes and uh, black wife beaters or halter tops or whatever you want to call them. And they're like, what's going on in here? Uh, and uh, so Spider-Man, what? what's happening? And uh, he tries to, I guess there's a reason for them to be there, uh, you held, because uh, Spider-Man tries to capture um, sin the Sinister Santa. That's my name for him, by the way. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's he good. tries like that. to uh, web him, and then Randy and Candy get in the way. And once again, we get a, oh, yuck. Hey, don't hit me with that stuff. Uh, do you think what's going on here in our minds is what's actually intended? <laughs> Steve, <laughs> yes, because, okay, yeah, it's his webbing that he's shooting, Steve. However... As you have up on screen, it looks like right above his hand, like there's like just solid black sperm. Oh, see, that's looks a that's a like spider sense, though. I know mm -hmm. it's a spider sense. I know it's a spider sense, but I'm just saying it also kind of looks. It like does. Sperm. It really does. Uh, uh, so, I'm sure old Beecham here thought he was uh, pulling one over on all the 13 year olds who were reading this comic back in the day. But little did he know that in 2022. Two 40-year-old adults with <laughs> were going to be reading and dissecting his work. Uh, so, and then, I don't really understand why this happened. Again, it could possibly just be filler. The landlord shows up, and uh, she's all, What's going on in here? Uh, Spider-Man, I caught you hanging around my building once before. How dare you? And then Spider-Man sort of does that classic, I don't know if I'd say classic, but I've seen it done in other action movies where he just, he grabs her by the waist, picks her up, and moves her to the side so he could then uh, pursue the, uh, the sinister Santa. And uh, I don't know, do, do you think there was a need to have the landlord burst in? No, absolutely not. I, th I think like you said, I mean, they're just probably filling panels here because... Uh, there's not a ton of story here. Um, or, you know, maybe they just thought it'd be mm. funny. Uh, More un unfunny Peter ah. David stuff from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, turning yeah. the page, um, we see... Now, Steve, I will say, obviously, Mark Beecham thought he was drawing Black Cat or something initially here because Spider-Man's ass right there. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like a thick and juicy. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. And uh, so basically... <laughs> 
Uh, Spidey is pursuing um, the Sinister Santa up um, a stairwell. Um, there's a thought bubble above uh, Santa, and he says, I've, I've almost made it to the rooftop door. Maybe I can lock it behind me, which, I mean, Spider-Man has the proportional strength of a spider, so he'd easily be able to burst through it, no problem. But whatever. Obviously, Sinister Santa is getting desperate at this point. Like, all of the appliances he stole from Bambi, including that cherry VCR we were talking about, uh, is falling down the steps. Clunk, clunk. Yeah, they're all getting broken. <laughs> like, no, we need we need that. Good job, we need that VCR in 2022 because they're not making them anymore. Come on. Uh, <laughs> so we get a uh, close up of um, Santa, like looking freaked out. He says, "I made it, I." And then he goes, "No, no, it's not possible." And then in the next panel, uh, Santa bursts through the rooftop door, and then in, slightly in silhouette, off to the left is uh, what we can only assume is the real Santa. And he's saying to himself, and again, this is a reference that I have no idea what they're referencing. He goes, uh, last, ho, 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 last year it was slasher films. Now it's this. Oh, actually, I think I have an idea of what that uh, reference is, but I'll keep going. He says, I'm not. Well, I mean, isn't Santa Claus, though, like an actual Marvel You know, I think character? I heard that before, that he is canon, <laughs> part of the the Marvel uh, Comics universe. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Earth 616. Uh, yeah, Santa Claus is wow, a character. Wow, uh, but the thing that he's referencing, I believe, is the release of uh, the now classic um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Have you ever... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah, was I've a big it, yeah. controversy back in the day when that came out. Uh, and I could see Peter David doing one of his nerdy references to it. But anyway, uh, Spider-Man shows up and he says, All right, Chris King Kringle, here's where we put coal in your stockings. Chris? Chris? Ah, son of a gun. He's gone. Like, And actually, I guess both of them are gone. Then we cut to the next page, yeah. and uh, oh, did you have anything to add before we jump to the next page? No, okay. no, 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 no. Please, and, please go ahead. Uh, I will say, Santa Claus has been a Marvel character since 1954, like in canon. <laughs> that is Santa awesome. That's awesome. Uh, and I bet, I bet they won't be bringing him back uh, anytime soon um, because he's problematic or something. I don't know. So uh, anyway, um, we are in the next. Uh, the next day, a phone rings, uh, rousing one uh, Peter Parker, and um, it's um, uh, the it's weird the the lady from the Daily Bugle, <laughs> seen here once again dressed in um, workout attire, um, or we can just assume that she's sleeping with a football player because she's wearing like a football jersey. <laughs> she's wearing like a football. Yeah, jersey. I mean um, that I, that lady gets a Catherine man. She gets around, um, but. Uh, she uh, has an assignment for Peter Parker on Christmas Day. I mean, and they try to try to write it off where Peter is like, you're working on Christmas? Um, and, but she says she's at home, but you're going to the office or at least to the lobby. They found the bugle Santa Claus, the one who's supposed to give out the present this morning, locked in a storage closet. And then Parker is like, oh, and someone stole all the presents? Hardly. But by the time our man was let out, someone had taken his place. Um, and then we see uh, we're in the fourth panel here. And basically it's revealed that it's the, uh, the sinister Santa. He's now a good Santa. Like, uh, what, is, what happened here? Can you even... Uh, well, actually, let me finish the 
I, I guess the real Santa gave him a lobotomy right, of some he, sort. He filled him um, with Christmas cheer, <laughs> a.k.a. he threatened him, I guess, uh, told him to, um, right. he said, uh, you better straighten up. He's going to let the chainsaw reindeer out on him. Eh? Remember that? Remember that from last year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I got it. I got it. Um, so uh, Parker should... Maybe maybe one of maybe some of his powers include uh, I don't know brainwashing. He scared people. him straight is what um, he did. Cause, uh, ho ho ho, it's... motherfucker! <laughs> if you don't straighten up, you're gonna end up in prison. Uh, but yeah, basically this uh, I guess the security guard at the cop he uh, at the mall um, tells uh, Peter that um, you know this uh, Santa the, his loot's sitting over there, but he's handing out new toys <laughs> and by new toys he means handmade wooden toys uh stuffed animals uh beautiful besides he called us up told us he'd be here it's the darndest thing i ever saw so the idea is that the regular santa who's supposed to be at the bugle was stuffed in a storage locker then sinister santa who's no longer sinister took his place but then gave the loot back, but then he took the toys that was given to him by the real Santa and is now giving it out to kids at the... Right. Like, he now works for Santa. <laughs> the real deal. And, and here's another Santa. thing. Uh, like, the, the craziness just continues. So, Peter was staring him down, and uh, Santa goes, oh, you want to take my picture? You must be Peter. Like, how would he even know that that's Peter? I guess unless the real Santa told him. And Peter's all like, uh, uh, yeah. He's like, you're suspicious. I can't blame you, but I've changed. And uh, it's so hard to read. Um, and as, yeah. as proof, here's a message a friend asked me to pass uh, on. To me? But, but, but what? And, um, and he goes, ho, ho, ho. And it's a message that says, call your aunt. Merry Christmas. And so we then see... Like, was, Steve, was Peter not going to call, like, his one surviving family member on Christmas Day? <laughs> had, he, had a stranger that used to be a Santa thief and, uh, you know, robbed a child and woman at gunpoint the night before? If this person hadn't told him to call his aunt, he would have done it on I Christmas. I know. It's like, we went through all that just so he could get a note that says, call your aunt. Like, it's, it's so ridiculous. Uh well, Steve, uh, to quote the uh, Arrested Devel Development episode, peer pressure, and that's why you always leave a note. There you go. Wow. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I mean, I've seen it. all the Arrested Development. I just, uh, I mean, that's a good reference. I'll. Uh... It, it's the one with the lessons, the episodes where uh, J. Walter Weatherman, the guy with the one arm, is teaching them all <laughs> lessons. Go watch it. It's a season one episode. All right. It's a, it's we'll do, sir. We'll do. Okay, so then we get a heartwarming panel here of uh, Peter sitting next to Mary Jane and uh, Aunt May and uh, Anna Watson. That's her name. They're all basically having a Christmas dinner. I remember there was something funny here before we got to the last uh, the last page. Let me see if I wrote it down. I mean, Mary Jane implies that she's yes, going to <laughs> that's Peter it. So the eroticism continues. Okay. Um, the, yeah. the next panel is basically an outside shot of um, this. They're at Aunt May's, right? Um, and right. Um, it's a, uh, uh, oh, MJ, it's just that, I don't know, I feel like something's wrong. And MJ is all like, eh, that's your problem, Pete. You don't know how to relax, but I'll relax you. And so obviously she. Yeah. Right in front of uh, Aunt May and her other elderly friend, who I guess is like, 
related to yeah, yeah, MJ. Yeah, exactly. So. so obviously, um, you know, MJ performed some sort of sex act. And then if, if that weren't weird enough, there's like two thugs. They're off camera. Um, yeah, we only yeah, see their one hands. One of them is holding a very large knife, uh, not very detailed knife. If only they could take the detail that he put in drawing people's asses into drawing knives, then this... I was just gonna say maybe maybe that knife had a nice ass <laughs> on it, <laughs> Mark Beecham. Right. Spent a little right, time right. On and uh, he, the, one of the thugs says, "Forget it, man. We'll do it another day. He won't get away." And then the last panel is just a black panel with all the credits in it, and it says, uh, "Merry Christmas." Does it say "Merry Christmas"? No, it doesn't. Yeah, anyway. and a very Merry Christmas from the Mighty Marvel board. There it is. Yes, yes. Thank you. And that is uh, the end of. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. So I got a very long Peter Parker. Yeah, take, all, take a deep breath. The all new, all different Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man number 112. <laughs> I mean, I will say it was different than yeah. uh, any other Spider-Man issue I've ever read. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, run the bumper and figure this out. Okay, here we go. question. Wow, what an adventure. All right, so ooh, let me get it back to the, um, the cover here. Uh, there we go. That, man, that's an awesome cover. All right, uh, the all-new, all-daring, spectacular Yehel Velasquez. Um, do you think that Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man 112 should be uh, tossed into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Or reread um, Christmas after Christmas until the end of uh, humanity just dies off. <laughs> um, I, I'm actually, I think I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to say that this should be remembered. It's so like weird and dumb. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say remember. It, it's a fun mm -hmm. read. Uh, I, at times disconcerting, but always erotic. <laughs> What about you, Steve? See, what you you, we need to put the sex back in Christmas is what I'm trying to say here. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, right. I was going to say, like, all right, even if you thought the like the story was ridiculous and throwaway, I mean, it's uh, worth picking up a copy just for the cover. And, you know, if I saw this in a dollar bin, I would definitely uh, pick it up. So and yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the story is I mean, it's sort of like you're just sort of classic comics just uh you know randomly in continuity so you have no idea what they're talking about they're referencing stuff that's going on in the era so you know if you want to be transported to uh christmas in like 1984 or 85 whatever year it was like this is how you do it by getting yourself a copy of the all new all daring peter parker the spectacular spider-man yeah. and also i would say it's it's significant because it's uh early peter david and it shows that uh, even a genius like him had to start somewhere. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, without further ado, oh, wait, it's up here. Um, you will be... In accordance to Obscure to Now, the most important streaming YouTube podcast in all of the internet, you shall be remembered. Yes. Good show. The only thing I will say is that um, it's just too bad there's not really a way to, well, there is a way. There's not really a way to enjoy 
this comic like with friends and like alcohol and or mind bending substances. Right. Uh, like if someone came along and made like a motion comic or, you know, how people do like comic dubs on uh, on YouTube, uh, like then like a group of people could sit around and really have a good time uh, with Spider-Man number 112. Um, yeah. So uh, anything else you want to add before we sign off here? Uh, no, uh, Smoke Monster did say to reach out to him if we ever cover his boy, Agent Liberty. But, uh, yeah, this was a weird, uh, comic book. What, um, uh, was fun what is Agent Liberty? Oh, is that a, uh, is that a Marvel? That's not a Marvel comic. That's, uh, that sounds familiar. What is Agent Liberty? I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I think it's a DC. Oh, okay. Hey, I mean, sounds obscure enough for, for this show. Um, but, yeah. um. I will say uh, next week we're uh, correct me if I'm wrong. We'll be doing Saved by the Bell, um, the episode. If anybody wants to watch it ahead of time, uh, it's probably the only time we'll cover Saved by the Bell because I wouldn't say it's super obscure, but um, it's going to be from the original series, uh, season three, episode twenty-four, Home for Christmas, which uh, I just noticed is a two-parter. Oh, uh, that means twice the amount of work. Uh, I was going to suggest that you yeah. actually do the walkthrough. I mean, I mean, we could each do yeah, one part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's actually a good idea. And yeah, we'll figure this yeah. out offline. <laughs> no, people want to hear this. The behind-the-scenes stuff. This is what they want. <laughs> uh, that and uh, erotic women in Spider-Man comics. Well, yes, mm. obviously. Um, all right. Yeah, that uh, we will see you uh, next time for Saved by the Bell and also the Kickstarter for Escape to Earth. Uh, actually... It's currently an Indiegogo, but I think I'm going to switch back to Kickstarter because I think that was a stupid idea to switch crowdfunding campaigns. Uh, so, uh, but if you get there fast enough and uh, contribute money, then I won't be able to delete it. So <laughs> check out the um, crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo for Escape to Earth uh, issue two. And stay tuned for a promo of Escape to Earth if you don't know uh, what that is. And we will see you next Sunday as we continue to unearth even more obscure media only on Obscurity Now. See you then. I'm having a weird, weird day. The name's Adam. Where I'm from, I'm known as the Zero Thief. Depending on who you ask, some might say I'm the best thief. But believe it or not, even the best screws up every once in a while. And that's what I did, and I had to make a fast getaway. I ended up crash landing on this bizarre planet. Turns out, I didn't get away fast enough. These winged freaks followed me here. It's just us here, zero feet, on this empty backwards planet. So start talking, either to me or my blade. Okay, okay, I do have something to tell you. It's about the planet. It's not that empty. Come on, man. I thought you were going to die. Cut me loose. Cut me loose. Behind you. Whoa. Thought I was done for. It was going to be a light snack for a snarling creature. But then she showed up, riding on the back of one of those monsters like it was nothing. And with a wave of her hand, the other razor-toothed beast just stomped away. I'd never seen anyone like her before in my life. I thought I'd say something clever. Thanks, uh, have you seen my ship? She gave me a look that said more than words ever could, because I think she was trying to read my mind or something. And from there, things just got even weirder. 
36 pages of insane dinosaur action. Issue 1, available now at reptilianmedia.bigcartel.com. Featuring a variant cover by Sean Forney. Act now while supplies last. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscure Now.